Welcome, everybody, to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 109 for Tuesday, June 8th. We got a great show for you today. We're back after a couple weeks. We will, of course, be talking about the topic everybody's been talking about, the sticky stuff, what is going on, what are pitchers doing with that. But we'll also be talking about college baseball a little bit because it is that time of year, and I think a lot of people know what's going on but don't know much more than that so we'll, we'll go into that a little bit as well so yeah before we jump into make sure that you uh take a second and uh go follow us on our social medias as well at beat the shift bp on twitter facebook and instagram that is the easiest place to talk to us we want to hear what you have to say about the topics that we talk about so go there to do that and also if you're on youtube as well of course this video podcast will be there from now on but some other videos as well coming up soon there so go ahead and subscribe as well all right let's get into it i'm alex Zui. i'm here today with the whole crew alex rudy farbode markazi and ray estrada what's up guys how you doing i'm a, str- oh, I'm a bit stressed right now yeah <laughs> a little bit uh yeah i used you mentioned college baseball or my, my my ducks here let's, let's down, <laughs> with an out left yeah um tying run on second so, yeah if, if i if i look that way there's one out left in the game so we gotta we gotta score here. Uh, yeah i'm not I, oh. yeah i got my phone down here <laughs> this is definitely but, one of those moments where i'm really glad that we have face cam for this we, we'll just see it we'll see it before we hear it if there's any kind of reaction going on to this game oh but yes, his yeah. uh, his Oregon Ducks are are fighting for their their college baseball lives. Seen, there, we seem to often podcast when like Farbode's teams are like in a stressful late inning situation. It's dude, that's, that's how I that's the teams Eagles. I choose. <laughs> yeah, it's just the teams I choose. Yeah, that's that's the West Coast life. We got that's how it is. <laughs> Except out here. the Angels didn't give you a degree. Yeah, I mean, hey, the Angels won today, so. We were, we did something right. Yeah, Dylan Bundy finally got himself a win. <laughs> well, you know, despite what a lot of people might think about us at this point, we are not exclusively an Angels podcast. We do talk about all kinds of baseball stuff. Uh, it's usually just MLB stuff, but like I said, uh, a little bit of college baseball today as well. But we will start on the MLB side of things because a lot has happened since we last podcast, particularly with regards to the sticky stuff, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, there have been a lot of reports, um, like firsthand reports from from pitchers and players around the league confirming uh, that, you know, for a long time now, using foreign substances on the baseball uh, as pitchers is just part of part of the norm now. And especially in recent years, using stronger and stronger industrial glue grade uh, you know, materials to to enhance their grip and enhance their spin rate to make their pitches perform better. So that is not a a singularly isolated event. That was redundant, but it, it it's it's league wide is is the whole point of this based on various reports that that have come out about it and first hand accounts of it. And it has popped up in the past as well, here and there, but really now we're at the point where everybody's familiar with the fact 
that this happens like that part's not in question anymore and the the question now is like what does the league do going forward and how will these how will the players respond to what the leagues respond now now it's like the back and forth of like okay not, really what do we do now because like everybody knows about this we can't keep it hush hush anymore um i'll go ahead and start with with you ray on this one and particularly because one of the pioneers of the the foreign substance uh saga is on your on, on your team trevor mr trevor bauer himself very yeah. outspoken about everything in the past and is uh is a likely user and uh benefactor from this uh this trend as well so i i guess like where you can take it from wherever starting point you want, but just like as you know, from the Trevor Bauer, I mean, yeah. portion of of this whole story. So I'll I'll start with the fact that you know before the season there was a reported crackdown. They confiscated the balls from Trevor Bauer, uh, his first start of the year to you know to go to independent lab. We heard nothing from that. Um, nothing came of that, and now we're hearing of like an actual crackdown with like suspensions, and and uh, they say they're going to test, and they say it's going to be implemented in the next two weeks. To me, I, I I I will agree to a point that the sticky stuff, in terms of the type of stuff they're using, has gotten to uh, maybe a little too ridiculous. But the open secret of pine tar and you know the mix of sunscreen and rosin and maybe other some other substances is long been just accepted as part of baseball. Um, you have your guys who had too much of it and made it really obvious. Uh, you know, your Michael Pineda's and, and such but that got, that got to a point where it was relatively easy to, to enforce. But I, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's something that MLB needs to, I, I think they need to legalize, you know, pine tar and stuff like that, because just keep it simple. And then if there's any other substances like these, this crazy glue that it seems guys are using, then yeah, that that might be a little ridiculous. But um, I I'll go with Nick Castellanos' uh, view on this, where he doesn't care if, how, what guys are using if the ball's there, he's gonna hit it hard. <laughs> my thing is, uh, yeah, dude. My my thing is. Uh, it's always confused me because I've seen hitters and pitchers standpoints on this and pitchers, obviously they know people who, who use this. And, um, at least what I've heard, um, like via like the Chris Rose rotation, like, like interviews like that, it's, they're up for like a conversation about it, how to decrease it, at least regulate it. Hitters, some hitters, unlike Nick Castellanos are like, let's just get it out of the league or at least be honest with it, have like one part of the glove where you're putting it. But I, I did have a interesting um, question about it. It was like, um, I forget which guest it was on the rotation that said, how are they going to enforce this? They, they He said basically when they announced that they were taking balls from like Trevor Bauer and some pitchers, they did not know, like, how do you know that it, a ball off the bat that has a lot of pine tar um isn't suddenly going to be attributed to like we just lost um isn't going <laughs> to no. be suddenly attributed <laughs> <laughs> oh dang that sucks um well 
TV's off. Uh, <laughs> how do they know that, uh, like, a ball off the bat or, like, a foul ball or, like, whatever ball they grab isn't going to be attributed to, like, a hitter with pine tar or, what, or like, I mean, if I don't know if fielders are doing that. And well, to make field, fielders all have pine tar. The only, the only person not allowed to have pine tar technically is the pitcher. Catchers yeah. can have pine tar. Martin yeah, exactly. Maldonado for years has had a giant gob of pine tar in his shin guard. Um, yeah, so and, you know, you see, you see, yeah, fielders with it all the time. So yeah, how do they know where it came from? Yeah, and there was an interesting video. Um, Eric Sim, for those of you who follow him on YouTube, he posted that he went he went through all the different types of like sticky stuff and sunscreen and rosin and everything, and just measured the RPMs on his own pitches. Like he's not throwing ninety plus, but it, it there is a clear rise in your um, spin rates and the RPMs on the spin rate. Um, the stickier the substance gets um but for me it's yes you want to have a level playing field it's just up to the league to actually say they want to have a level playing field instead of making trevor bauer just the scapegoat of this all <laughs> and um for the, uh for them to find a, a good way to actually address this instead of just taking balls and that could have just been an effect that could have just had pine tar or substances on it because of the hitter or the or the catcher or the infielders yeah, and if I can like cite your source from from the Rose rotation, that was Trevor Williams actually, who's a guest on the rotation uh, with yes. Stephen Brault. They we're late to the party on this, by the way. Like we are not the first by any means to be talking about it in even this current wave of of uh, of news. Really, uh, a lot of interesting perspectives we've mentioned from players and and other you know, members of the, the baseball community, media, whoever it may be, and a lot of really in-depth analysis on this too, um, even on like r slash baseball with people posting, uh, using uh, baseball savant data, which if you don't know, is able to, to track spin rate on pretty much every pitch and it has for like five years now. And they can use that to kind of figure out, okay, these pitchers, that see a significant jump, you know, two to 300 RPM on their, on their four seam fastball or, or on all their secondary pitches, really like you, you can see just by combing through this data. Okay. These pitchers probably started using some, some stickier stuff or started using anything at all. Uh, that's not to say that's always the case because that's, that's not really how investigative research works, but it, it is pretty amazing that we have so much, um, in-depth uh, knowledge from both within the game and and outside the game, and and now it really is what what do we do next? Uh, and I'll and I'll ask you, Rudy. Just um, it, it seems to all go back to Trevor Bauer because, like we said, he's been the most vocal about it, and that's why it seems like he is the the cover boy for. Will he be the scapegoat for the league? Uh, I imagine if this happens where they start suspending players for it, it's not just going to be Trevor Bauer. Like, he is not going to take all the heat himself, but you can be certain that he will be the first voice to be heard on the player side of things if, if something does happen. And there's even been, um, you know, since this has been happening, the most recent starts from Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole, a couple of the, the highest-profile pitchers who are, you know, known users of some kind of, per, uh, you know, uh, grip substance on the ball. Uh, saw a slight downtick in their in their RPM in their revolutions per minute on their um, 
on their their pitches in their last outing so people are like are they walking it back now that the league's threatening suspensions uh like what do you what do you think is the realistic course of action here that the league will end up taking rudy i wasn't sure when the question was gonna uh there's a lot there's so much context because we're so late to the party on everything here and we haven't really offered the context build up um you know at the end of the day i think and it was the perfect question. It was the one I was looking for, so I appreciate it. Yes. It all comes down to, like, and it's a conversation we have actually pretty much every episode in some shape or form, which is that baseball is at this existential uh, crisis in terms of questioning its own entertainment product. And I, I personally think it's a bigger story because of uh, people claiming uh, that, you know, this, the – this year's iteration of the sport is, you know, too the pitching is too effective because they dead it's you know the dead ball is part of this too. Um, I, I think Trevor Bauer, like for the hardcore fans like us, is definitely like the scapegoat that leads the conversation. But I think that like the national media conversation that this decimates too is more about like the usual boring baseball conversation. Baseball is not fun anymore. That we don't have to get into. But to answer why that goes back to like the way uh, baseball can implement this and what uh i think you asked you know if i if i didn't forget my own rant the question is like what's the effective punishment i, I mean you guys can feel free to disagree i'd be pretty surprised if they just like start handing out like tons of suspensions i think it's more of a threat than it really is like a um i would be surprised there's a lot of bite you know it's this bark here but i do think what ray said at the very beginning about how Pine tar is probably just leave it at pine tar and then say, like, once, you know, you go progress back to that, like, then pensions start getting rolled out and you guys can correct me what the actual rule is. I think that, I, you know, before we had this conversation, I was, like, thinking, like, just get rid of everything. But what Ray said really convinced me. That makes perfect sense to me. I don't know why the solution is just not that simple. Because I remember, like, do you guys remember, like, Clay Buckles? Like, he would, like, pitch in, like, super yeah. humid weather, like, in, like, the late 2000s. And he'd be, like, sweating, like dripping in sweat and like he was using that bullfrog spray and then he would just like rub his like entire body together like a like a lizard or something yeah, well, like yeah you'll see guys just like, like pat their forearm with rosin yeah, yeah. it's like well that's like like to Buckles me doing like, that, like crazy. i think that's cheating like no like no other position has an equivalent to that extent and like clearly the performance is effective and like Garrett cole uh i mean kerr bauer called it out like when he got to the astros and they were the kings of this whole spin rate hack that's when he became the AC became, um, and then Trevor Power ad- adopted it, and he became the AC came. He became. Uh, so, so I think just to end this, this long rant, I think what it really boils down to is baseball. Think that this is taking away from their entertainment product that they make money off of. I think the answer seems to be yes, and maybe this will escalate if the if the we if the players end up kind of rebelling at some point to these new rules and because you know if like cole and bauer keep on you know if that becomes a commonplace where these guys effectiveness is significantly diminished will there be a tension between the players and the league of well i'm not I'm, i don't care if i get caught like i'm you know i'm gonna pitch my rpms regardless then you can have a situation where i think the suspensions will come into into play more they'll have to make like and just to finish it up, and then we can move on. I think you said, Uli, someone's going to have to be made the example of, for sure. I think that that's a good call. I don't think they're going to be... It seems, once again, unlikely that just have, like, 50 suspensions for everyone who does this. 
but you do, you're going to choose some big name at some point when they slip up. And I think, you know, Ray said, like, when Michael Pineda would just have, like, a mound of black stuff on his, like, cap. I don't, you know, no one does it that obviously anymore. On that, his neck, too. On his neck. I mean, that that was egregious, for that sure. That was, like, my favorite ejection. I mean, I think you have a whole conversation the other day, just, like, all the people who just have done it in just, like, the most obvious way. I think that's a fascinating subject in itself, just, like, a... I don't care yeah we didn't even get to um i believe it was gallegos of the cardinals who um oh yeah who had I their totally forgot about that they were asked to get a different cap because just very clearly on the on the top side of the bill of the, the cap that he had had some sort of substance whether it was pine tar or whether it was sunscreen rosin which is what he was claiming it was obviously because that's a legal substance to have um and I believe it was Joe West just said, um, you know, grab a different hat and, you know, that way, like, we don't even have to, to worry about whether or not cheating's happening. Like, you know, that, that'll solve the problem proactively, which, you know, good response, good action. But you can't, like, long term, you can't just ask them to change hats every time. Um, there, there needs to be a more permanent solution there for sure. And so many different notes have already been touched on, like, with regards to why punishing players is going to be so difficult to do this year um for one because it is so deeply entrenched and two because like Farbod said you you really have no way of telling based on balls that are collected like okay this pitch is cheating for sure based on this like because this sticky substance could have come from a number of different places it could have come from the bat it could have come from the catcher it could have come from a position players and like you know that's that's just part of it at this point and there's going to be some, it, it's going to be major, major CBA ammunition. I don't know for who yet, but it will be involved in that discussion. Is it sure. easier to, do you guys think it would be easier to regulate this and just have rules and on um, like it's pine tar and rosin and that's it or, or, um, and then have punishments or just like punishments and then wait until the CBA or whatever. I don't think not anything's going to make the players happy just because of the current relationship between the league and the players association anyways. Yeah. I think at the very least they have to, I think you've got to give these guys fine tar, just middle ground at that. And then, but you're still left with the same issues of like, but there's a rosin bag guys. behind the every mound. So you can't like say no to the rosin yeah. bag. Well, no, no, exactly. I mean, and guys wear sunscreen all the time, especially day games. So, so like, how do you tell them not mix rosin and sunscreen? Yeah. So I guess I guess the the final question that each of us can answer is like, if it were up to you, what do you think the solution would be, at least for the rest of the season before they can figure out a more more concrete solution? And what I think the the realistic outcome will be is is nothing like nothing will change but i think they will make some sort of statement to make clear that like okay like every pitcher in the league seems to know at this point that we are not just going to start like mass eject or mass uh suspending players but stop trying stop trying to bite off even more at this point like if if you do you know anything even more obvious like you will be ejected and suspended from games because and it really it really from the beginning has been a situation where they were given an inch and they took a mile with the leeway that they were, they were given for decades and really only in the last decade or so has it become to this point where 
it, it's basically glue that you're applying to your fingers small amounts of glue it's gotten excessive that it's yeah yeah it, it's the, the most telling um quote or like accounts from players I, I think that really sticks out in my mind and in a lot of people's minds is it almost sounds at times like like the skin is ripping away from the baseball like you can hear the pitch leaving leaving the hand and that and when it's that that kind of audible account you're like yeah okay that that does seem extreme so i i i mean i get like the rosin or whatever usage of like just having a better grip on the ball but i don't buy the whole i need this extremely sticky substance so i don't throw fast my so i don't miss with my 99 mile an hour fastball and hit the guy in the head these guys are like i mean yes every major leaguer has their own faults but i don't think like the sticky stuff is strictly meant to like for command too. I think it's, there's, there's other uses that these pitchers are using them for and going, Ui, you made a, um, you touched on this about the CBA. I, I don't think there's going to be any suspensions because if major league baseball wants to strike on their hands and piss off the players even more and ruin their negotiations this summer, um, before the CBA, um, before the next collective bargaining agreement, um, deadline that's when the suspensions will start happening but i think uh like you said there, there there will be threats there's going to be conversation about it and if there's someone that's way too egregious yeah then then that's where what where the suspensions will start but I, I feel like it would be a terrible negotiation tactic to piss off the other party before you go into a heated negotiation oh what's already going to be a heated negotiation mm. yeah uh i guess at this point we will we will wait and see, and I'm sure check back in regularly throughout the season. We'll see if we can get somebody with a little more direct insight in, in on this too, maybe, because we're all sitting here at home and maybe uh, maybe hearing from somebody who knows a little bit more about the substances themselves and, and how how much this really does impact things would be uh, interesting to hear. Email Trevor Bauer. Hey, you, know, you never know, right? Hey, but uh, but also... The one of the funniest things about all this might be the fact that at least according to every one of Jacob Degrom's teammates is that the best pitcher in baseball right now who is seemingly pitching beyond the human limits of of what is possible at this current time is by all accounts not using it and they are like could you imagine if he was you know nobody would ever touch the ball <laughs> and the guy's got a point six two ERA as of right now so. Uh, that's pretty funny to me too is that he is pretty much exempt from from this like there's 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 explicit video of guys like Garrett Cole um you know Trevor Bauer and like and plenty plenty others I only named the highest profile name guys but I saw one with you Darvish reaching for the glove reaching for the cap on every single pitch DeGrom he's not one of those guys it's you speculate just because like how is he doing this? He's so good. He's he's so ridiculously good. <laughs> he has to be cheating. He's cheating. Some yeah, other he people cheating. He's cheating. Have, no. <laughs> yeah, they clipped the video. Have of, an insane jump when he went somewhere new. He just right. steadily got better and better. <laughs> yeah, they clipped a video of Degrom like grabbing his glove where the ball, like where he was putting the ball, anyways and made the whole thing out of like he's touching for sticky stuff i was like i mean if you're putting it right on the tip of your glove right there that's you're asking to get suspended right anyways uh, yeah i don't know um 
we'll see a lot more unfold, though, is the point of all this. And, yeah, I think we should move on from there. And as, as promised, we will talk a little college baseball. Farbode, very sorry, friend, <laughs> about the, uh, the very <laughs> recent loss. This. I honestly feel like this was a pretty surprise. I mean, good for them. Great team, great offense, but um, I'm excited for next year. Yeah. All right, Ray, if you want to give a one-minute or so overview of just, like, what the heck is happening right now? We just saw 64 teams go down to what? We're down to 16 teams after tonight now, right? We're going to be down to 16. Yeah. So go go ahead and give us the rundown as as best you can. Yeah. So if you're confused on what happened this weekend, um, there were 16 regional sites. There were four teams at each, 64 teams. It is not like March Madness where you have single elimination all the way to the end. So these are 16 double el- double elimination tournaments. And so now these 16 teams, most of them are settled. Uh, Stanford is close to beating Irvine. Uh, currently, Old Dominion and Virginia have a game to play tomorrow, uh, winner take all, to, to fill out that the bracket um so you go to super regionals next weekend it will be best two out of three that'll be two teams best two out of three so that you go from 16 to eight and then you go to the college world series which is um two double double elimination brackets for each side you come together for best of three championship series uh so yeah so there's been some you know college baseball baseball in general is crazy it's fun you get um a lot of awesome results not a whole lot of chalk Florida became the 14th uh, nationally ranked seed to go 0-2 uh, when they host regional. So that's fun. Uh, you're going to see a lot of SEC teams uh, in this tournament. All right. Yeah, that's, I think that was a, yeah. this is a pretty good breakdown <laughs> because I, I knew it was going on this weekend. I saw scores. I had no idea format-wise what the heck was going on. Like, UCI is playing Stanford again. Like, what, they they're playing three games. What's happening? Here? Yeah, uh, there's a lot. It's very well, there's a lot of games today actually that required um, like, yeah. So for the sake of double elimination, if you come out of losers bracket, you have to beat the team twice to advance, and a lot of that actually that's happened, what uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, today and too. For 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 equality's sake, uh, the women's college world series has reached its final. Tomorrow it will start. Florida State and Oklahoma will be it's, playing best of three series that tournament's been so much fun to watch the the softball college world series has been so much fun to watch these uh upsets um james shout out james madison for the fight they put up against oklahoma uh yeah that that was this has been so much fun um and i mean hopefully all all these sports college baseball college softball just keep advancing progressing because it's a really great like it's a really great piece of entertainment and a really great sport to have um and, and not to and to focus on not only just like college football mm-hmm. yeah it's it's pretty weird just from oh, if we go broader we zoom out a little bit now and just talk about how little is known about college baseball and softball in particular when college sports across the united states anyway are extremely popular on the basketball and football end of things and it's an extreme drop off there because you know a lot of the same reasons why college football and college basketball are so popular do apply 
in the same sense to to baseball and from the perspective of just like a a local a local cult community type of following that kind of lasts in perpetuity because you know people that leave those schools or those areas you know they're they're very they're very connected to the school in general but just at for some reason baseball in particular just hasn't had that same kind of uh impact you know um on the on the national media scale as as some of these other sports um and I, there are schools in the southeast that like no matter what they they get they pack their stadium overpack their stadium with fans oh that's um, yeah it's, it's kind of it's yeah it's kind of surprising where uh i, I remember actually funny hot button issue i mean i'm a hot button person that we're talking about trevor bauer is listening to him talking about his days at ucla and you would think that like on, playing on the west coast uh, where like i mean the best high school baseball areas are um and it's bright sunny like 250 200 like 300 days out of the year um you would have a, a huge baseball fandom and you would have a ton of people showing up at your games um but it's mostly in the southeast i mean there's there's a person within the oregon baseball program that told me a couple of years back that while the oregon baseball program is relatively young they've gone on campus before and people some they've gotten the response of we didn't know we had a baseball program from students um that's big contrast so, like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're... I, I think, I mean, fr- from my experience, uh, Uwe, you know, you and I met at UCSD, they don't hype up a lot of um, baseball stuff. Uh, our, 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 our team finished runner-up our freshman year in the D2 National Championship, heard nothing about it. Yeah. So, like, th- there's a lot to do with the schools not investing any – like not much money or attention to, to their it's own also the NCAA. To your point, yeah. It's, it's also the yeah. NCAA not like um, making that entertainment factor, that marketing um, as big of their, um, as big a part of their uh, budget and like efforts. And I'm not going to get, go down the whole um, rabbit hole of revenue sport, not re- non-revenue sport. I've, we've, we've talked about that countless times off. I, mean, I can air. tell Rudy's this, itching though. It, I can tell he's itching. Is this called air? Like, <laughs> is this called air? I don't. I don't know what this is called. But yeah, we've like we've gone down that rabbit hole before. Um, so I do understand the whole re- like, um, uh, college football, college basketball. You, you put you put your eggs where you make the money, but at the same time, you, you hope that um, the college baseball, college softball, um, continue to progress. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I know for both said he's not going down the rabbit hole, but I can tell you want to at least a little bit, Rudy. Give, let, let, let I just him do his thing. Rant. Uh, I just want to say two really quick things. Yeah, let's let's hear it. One is I think we should remember that, um, you know, a lot of the best baseball talents go straight to the professionals straight from high school, which uh, college basketball up until well now kind of they can play professional, but for a long time, you know, in our lives at least, that basically wasn't possible. And obviously in football, they have to stay till they're juniors. And I think that in football makes a huge difference that these guys are. I I, uh, I, I think there's a difference too is is the fact that even your really good college baseball players, they're not going to the majors right away. Yeah, a lot there, of them. There is that draft. There there's that draft, but even a guy, guy comes up quick. It's a year, year and a half since he's been drafted. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think there's that too is the fact that it's not necessarily that instant gratification of 
like how is it going to make an impact on this team right now? It's when does it come? When does it get here? Rudy, I know you had a second point, um, but I do have a question <laughs> regarding your first point. Sure. Um, on that note, if baseball at like with baseball decreasing the amount of rounds in in the draft and everything, do you think there will be a uh, one year, two year, three year um, go to college or like removed from high school rule? Um, similar to um, basketball or football, that would uh, like I mean to raise point. I mean the ba- the baseball draft is just completely different than the others. Well, so so, so the MLB draft, you have to be in school for three years if you go to college. At a four year, yeah, at a four. Well, if you're a community you college, drafted, you can leave after you two anytime. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, at a four year college, you know you have to be there for three years. Yeah, two I, years, I don't think can, I think even would... one change the rules just because um i don't think it would work because they already have the hack that they're adding to basketball which is you can technically just you could just now sign with an independent team that's affiliated with baseball if you really you really want didn't want to go to school anymore and they banned my you know high school players getting drafted straight to teams i feel like there's so many there's so many uh independent leagues now that are affiliated i think there's like at least two not three I feel like the hack is already there, but uh, I agree. It's an interesting question for sure. Just to throw this out um, really quick, though, I also think, like, unfortunately, I think college baseball and softball has to be compared more to hockey and soccer than um, than football and basketball. Not to get, what's, like Forbo said, not to get too much into like, the whole revenue thing, but I just think it's it's probably a more regional sport in college than... I think even in Major League Baseball, in some ways, it's it's very localized in how the fan bases work. And I think you know, the season's also really late. A lot of schools are not are out already, um, so it's like it's kind of a weird. Unless you're really into it, it's kind of a weird thing to like um, follow. If you're like if you're on like Michigan, Michigan, you know, I went there. We made the College World Series final against Vanderbilt. I mean, I, the, it was in the middle of. Uh, it was like June. It was June, I think, when was yeah, the final, and we had been out of school since was, since yeah. April. Yeah. So I mean, like, like the students are in their own world at that point. Um, so I just want I mean, like college hockey and soccer. I think are really big in certain parts of the country, um, but obviously they're just not in the same national conversation. That's my, my those yeah. are my two cents. No, it makes sense. I I just you have to bring it up um, anytime that that enters the conversation is is you see this contrast between baseball versus the other sports. But yeah, you, you take it for what it is. You, you can compare it against maybe closer, like some other more similar sports. And and uh, and yeah, the, the whole point of it is that it is fun despite not being as, uh, as nationally hyped as college basketball tournaments and NCAA football. So that's... Can I throw out one quick thing? Yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry. I just remember. I do think... There's also a purity to college baseball that means it's like the true baseball fans baseball because it you know the three true outcomes is not an issue we did as discussed in college baseball so i do think yeah. like well you don't have 20 you have you don't have 20 home run hitters up in that yeah. lineup in college baseball which is if, if you're the fan who complains so like i want to see more guy. action on a play-to-by-play basis like that's it's the same person who prefers college basketball in a lot of ways they just want to see like endless uh you know, movements yeah. and screens and using the 35 second shot clock. Yeah. Can I, it's 30 seconds now. Oh, 
you know i that's just one of those things for me personally that i just don't understand even even from like a strictly i want to be entertained perspective is like people that prefer college sports to pro sports and it's like it it, in like you say it you can be viewed as a pure a more pure form of the sport just simply because the the talent isn't as good and it's a little bit more closely relatable to like i don't know maybe when when you played in your playing days like you know when you played basketball growing up like you weren't doing the stuff that the pros were doing you're doing a little bit more um like fundamentally focused stuff but at the same time it's like i'm i'm really not out here being much more entertained by you know the the string of of like infield infield hits or or ground ground outs versus strikeouts like the same with college basketball like i'm not more impressed because a team doesn't have anybody that can can really like create offense for himself and and you know it's a much more team reliant sport like i i just don't get it personally like like yes it is it is its own thing but like objectively like why is it more why is it more entertaining to you to not like to see less talented players go out there and try to do the same thing that these crazy talented pro athletes all like in all of them even the lowest end on the field are like better than than the college level like i mean a lot of them are just boomers who are saying (laughs) this guy makes a lot of money and doesn't care about the the um, integrity of the sport or whatever um i mean i you can you can use that argument and i mean i see yours too i do think a lot of people um and Rudy said this, I mean, like college baseball, college softball, very localized. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the people who um, follow those sports, other than like parents of the players or like the students at the school, they're alumni of the school who have been like following that, that team forever. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I, I know I'm going to be following Oregon baseball um, and will oftentimes probably have them on over my angels. But that's just because um, they're probably sometimes a more watchable uh, a more a more watchable <laughs> product than my angels, um, but I mean, you know what I mean. I do. Yeah, I just want to throw out really quickly. Um, just to know if we move on to the topic, but like I think a comparison for that, and I agree with you. Really person, like personally, I do agree with you. But I think like minor league sports is a comparison as well mm-hmm. for that, which is like you're definitely not watching the better product, but like for both alluding to, you have probably a local collection connection. I think uh, someone like really likes. Uh, soccer you see it across mm-hmm. it where many people support you know a smaller local t- team that isn't as good um knowing so because you know they have that emotional connection um but i, I agree with you like the people yeah, i think we're getting, they're like, getting a little off yeah no but i think i just think like it is definitely that person who just wants to be the controller who like just claims that it's yes. like oh like this is just like better because it's like not as good which like <laughs> yeah. that is that's definitely a weird take i definitely agree with you yeah Exactly. This is not to say that college baseball is bad. We, no, it, it's not. Like, like there, baseball is yeah, is, is sometimes more entertaining depending upon not not in the sense of like yeah, there's bunts and all that. Like that's not what makes it more entertaining. Um, sometimes it's it's yeah, I it's it's hard to explain. It's just you know, smaller stadiums. It's more intimate. It's just nice. It's just, yeah, you know, more like a backyard pickup game as opposed to like you know big old stadium guy yeah. making, you know, uh, $30 million a year or whatever. 
yeah the energy that comes from it the energy that comes from it is is awesome like i i love it i love going to to college athletic events like it is it is its own thing and for many reasons very like more enjoyable even sometimes than than the large pro sports things but yeah it wasn't wasn't exactly my point college baseball players again very good like the worst player on a lot of these college baseball teams would absolutely like decimate the 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 previous tier down uh in in terms of competition still still very good they could beat the crap out of all of us um so there's there's that to mention too um yeah i think are we good on the, on the college baseball front? We'll have we'll have more to check in on as we actually get a little further along, and they go to Omaha and they get to play on on the big stage, get some get some games on ESPN that aren't only on ESPN three, all that good stuff. <laughs> Looking forward to that. I got the softball final tomorrow too. And the softball, yeah, softball is wrapping yeah. up like right right now basically so which is kind of a bummer like i wish i wish that went on a bit longer too mm-hmm. i've watched more of that just because they're at that stage where they're on espn yeah now no, yeah. like so i've seen more of that than than uh the college baseball stuff at this point but uh it's good stuff it, it's a little it's a little break from uh from the mlb stuff that we that we consume so much of at least us for especially when you turn on mlb network and it's just sticky stuff or how or that javi baez made a play <laughs> what um, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean whatever. Are, are, oh, wait. You, are you referencing yeah. something in particular? I am I am referencing probably the worst defensive play I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I I'm, you've piqued my interest. You you want to switch to that? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. This is, MLB couldn't get enough of Javi Baez's magic. Uh, you know, El Mago. Uh, they couldn't get enough of his magic when he ran away from first base, and the first baseman actually chased him with two outs, and then they tried to get the runner coming home, so they did not tag Javi Baez out. But he has still not reached first base, so they could still throw to first base and get an out, and that run would not count. Except they threw the ball away. Because <laughs> nobody was covering. And they MLB hyped it up like it was Javi Baez who basically created that play when in actuality everything about that play should never have happened. Like, yeah, he ran away. He sort of avoided a tag in a way, but like that, like it's, it's such a dumb play. And he did something like this last year too, where uh, like it was against the Brewers. Eric Sogard had like, uh, he got the ball in at second, lazily threw it towards third base instead of calling time and like ending the play. And Javi Baez just took home. And like, they were like, Oh wow. Like don't sleep on Javi Baez. It's like, don't, um, like call time <laughs> do what you're taught to do yeah it's just <laughs> it, yeah it, that was the hype around that was so dumb and yeah it like you saw it i don't i don't know oh we all saw it was it's, i guess we ridiculous. i guess that was also between podcasts for us that was not something we talked about yeah last time i think um which you're right like it has been a while since that particular play First of all, sounds like somebody really doesn't like Javier Baez, uh, just in general. Javier Baez is nothing what, without, without. I don't know if anybody else is getting that those vibes from Ray, but um, yeah. That, so that's the first takeaway. This but man might be the most overhyped man in baseball. He I, is. I, I'm sorry. He is a much better on-field 
product, <laughs> then, you know, productivity wins above replacement quality player. I'll give you that. <laughs> but that play was, in fact, wild. And I do give Javi credit for even think like who the heck else would even think well i'm, I'm just gonna go back to home plate like and most most people? no most other people would just kind of like be walking down the line like all right you got me all right we're done but it, it's just javi doing I, I don't even know what you call it it's, that is that, I mean, that, that isn't magic running back home isn't magic if that's what they're calling it but <laughs> it is it is quirky it is unique it is he called his own man safe and then he was still safe that is uh, that is like much better on field entertainment product than anything else fans defending the hype for it was even funnier i loved watching that play the best yeah the best part about that was (laughs) javi calling safe right next to home plate and then like oh i gotta go to first books it down the line <laughs> and is in his safe ends up on second base because the ball gets thrown away so is him going back towards home plate part of the scouting report like they just had something knowing that the pirates don't like check or they're just dumb uh nope <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so don't think so i i can pretty safely say that that exact play has never happened at the, the big league level before probably not at any pro level because back checkers get him that is i could come at me i like, how, there's no how way you score that play it's a ground ball to the first baseman that turned into oh. an e2 right no it wasn't a ground like how do you score that no the throw came yeah, across the diamond though and the throw is up the line oh, that's why the first was, no so yes, was, was it a right, third right, baseman right. or short there was like a five three a five, two three. four so wait, did, with does the, the and that was go the error. To the, there, is there probably on the oh, catcher? Maybe two errors on the same play though. Probably on the catcher, because the catcher ultimately gets him on first base. Yes. This is a lot <laughs> going on. There's right now. There's a lot. This is more. And now we're doing this on the fly for a play that happened almost two weeks ago. Now, uh, maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. But I, I, I don't think I've actually like heard anybody else talking about this. Like, what was that actually scored? I, I, am willing to bet that no. Now there's, I just feel bad for the score. There's no exact scoring play like that that has ever happened, and honestly, I it, it will never happen again. That is un- absurd, absurdly dumb. But I loved it. Okay, I'm glad we we touched on that because I honestly didn't even remember that happened between the last podcast and this one. So you know, that, that that's our opinions on uh, on that ridiculousness. Uh, the last the the rest of the show will will just kind of be talking about some. Uh, some smaller news items and and riffing on those some weird stuff we always love to talk about weird stuff even weirder than that play somehow um actually probably not probably not weirder than that play but equally weird if nothing a else. different kind of weird. different kind of weird uh well let's talk about jared kelnick though who i think last time we podcasted had a very different discussion about jared kelnick's call up to the big leagues and he was destroying it and it was a short, short stay because he's he's back back to AAA for, for Mr. Kelnick already. His first 92 plate appearances, 096 batting average, 185 on base, 193 slugging. That doesn't get it done. I think he was on an 0 for 30. I don't know where it ended. 0 for 30-something slide, though, in there as well. Uh, I don't remember what I was watching, but um, someone said, 
he was trying to sue the Mariner. He was thinking about suing the Mariners, or his agent was thinking about suing the Mariners for like the service time manipulation stuff after that whole <laughs> fiasco with their team president. And now they, the guy on TV said, the, Mar- the Mariners need to print out his stat sheet and just settle the case right now. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, I, I hope, dude, he w- I, they, had the, they had the right reason to call him up. He was killing it in AAA before, um, they di- before he was called up. I don't know what happened. I can tell you a little bit what happened. Please do. Enlighten me. He has a 109 Babbitt. And a zero ninety six ISO, which, I mean, just he clearly isn't this bad. I don't think any of us are arguing that. Um, I'm not saying he should have been set down, but he clearly is not getting lucky by any means. I mean, he's still can't call him bust yet. Like his walk rate, no, no, not at all. Which is pretty good, honestly, if um, for how bad all his other, you know. I tell you who's Bills. super relieved at this for now is Mets fans. <laughs> yeah, for another like month until he comes back up and starts mashing. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have I have a couple I have a couple who would you rather take scenarios that you need to answer rapid fire. Who would you rather take a top Mariners prospect or a top Mets prospect to be the, the bigger big league pan out at this point in time? That is a tough Put one. Put aside before you tell us who they are. No, you don't like just in general. Like, who are you taking the next uh, Mets up and coming prospect or the next Mariners up and coming prospect? Uh, because they they have similar is similar the last up and coming prospect by the is isn't the last like Mariners up and coming prospect like Kyle Seager? Like, uh, do, is, is, do, don't uh, don't sleep on Dustin Ackley actually. Um, oh God. Exactly. Yeah. Like the guy who's like, um, I mean, I feel like that gives me the answer of the Mets, but I have to well, think about Kelnick this. Kelnick is a Mets Mariners prospect, ah, right? So that's why yes. he's double yeah. curved. Uh, I was about Mets to say, are... I'd, I'd almost rather have a Mariners prospect who came from the Mets. I mean, listen, the Mariners still, I'm counting A-Rod and Griffey, so I'm taking them. I don't know who the Mets develop. Iran <laughs> wasn't considered a prospect, really, so I'm not counting that. So David Wright. Last guy, I can think of the last Conforto. top cross Conforto. Syndergaard. Syndergaard doesn't play. I mean, yeah, that's, that's that's why it's a tough question, man. That's, that's why yeah, the Mets don't play. <laughs> if you if you <laughs> take if you take if you take the Mets prospect, he ain't playing. The Mets also trade a lot of honestly, like Ahmed Rosario. Just like everyone forgot that he was a top prospect, and now he's just like a center fielder. Yeah, that works. I mean, well, he, yeah, he couldn't feel the ball short, so. He also couldn't feel the ball in center for a little mm-hmm. bit there, too. Yeah. What happened to the was rotation it, of, like, seven? Was, was, was Jimenez pieces? in the Lindor deal as well, or was Jimenez always? Yeah, Jimenez was, too, and he's sent down. And also, you have Ty- Taiwan Walker, who's, like, the reverse Kelnick. He was a Mariners prospect who now plays for the Mets. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, but he wasn't traded for a... Uh, currently suspended player this is the robinson cano topic this is a lot to follow i i hope i hope everybody is keeping Name up all way. the players who I... played for the mariners and the mets go no <laughs> no, no no stop don't don't do that edwin diaz stop no 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 uh, um 
yeah, that's okay. The the other question was, who are you taking right now? Are you do you want Jared Kelnick, or you want Joe Adele? For both, for both specifically is the one that Kelnick. I want to hear. Dude, Adele's strikeout rate is horrifying. It's not it's terrible right now. Um, it, it's not terrible right now. He's also leading all the minor leagues and homers. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. I think Adele. Sounds like boomers would hate him when he comes up because he's a three-true outcome guy. Yeah, you give – I mean, I, I feel like you give Adele a year or two to develop. I think I'll take Adele. Yeah. So it, it, in the Adele for we Kelnick, who, for says, like three who says no. Bro, Adele's 20 years old. Um, <laughs> I just don't think guys with that profile tend to succeed. Like that is that true. That okay, it, I'm, I'm going to not be a homer. I'll go. I'll take I'll take Kelnick. He might be the next Javier Baez with his hitting profile, though. It's just a trigger ray. <laughs> uh yeah all right well that's this jared kelnick i don't know like the angels are still without mike trout otani's still doing the the cool stuff that that he does you walked three times today he's really he's a really cool guy what can you say yeah um why don't why don't, don't they have... Grindall, uh... why don't what they did have you say rudy I was just gonna ask why isn't Adele up if he's playing that well? Uh, well, about like I I I think last I checked, like half of those home runs were just on fastballs, and he still struggles with the off speed. That's my point. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but if half the but like the other half is off non fastballs, like is that yeah. not just as good? And then, I mean, also you saw his defense last year. I think he has some shoring up to do there. So. I mean, he was never supposed to be in the show last year. It's just that was they wanted real time. Yeah. Has his service time clock started? Yeah, I, th- I think oh. so. So, so he's got to work on his defense, but unironically. So, so I, I would just call him up. Just let him be in the show. You're not competing for anything right now. Just he is point one five three. I mean, if he makes it, he makes it. Ouch, man. Ooh. All right. Well. Let's let's get to a few more weird things and then we'll we'll wrap up for today. Um, uh, okay, I I've never seen this before either, and apparently neither had anybody, groundskeepers or otherwise, present at this game because during the Phillies Nationals game over the weekend, in the eighth inning, just between pitches, the home the netting behind home plate just fell off wow. the the wire that it was strung up on and just like fell down over the the bleachers like onto the field and everybody was like oh the netting's down what do we do what do we do about this like it took them 20 to 30 minutes to figure out any kind of solution props to the grounds crew that ended up getting some rope stringing it through the net hoisting it back up like a team of there's like a, a photo of them like you know 10 plus groundskeepers hoisting this thing like tug of war style to like get it back up um to where it's supposed to be and then i guess they like tied it off to a handrail or something and they they played the rest of the game like that until somebody who actually knew how to fix it was there but that's probably something that um has not really been thought about until it happened you know these these are very very well prepared groundskeepers like they're they're ready for the bees they're ready for um all kinds of weird they're ready for cats running onto the field they're ready for all kinds of you're never weird... ready for the gnats though the, no, they 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 haven't figured that one out the yet. The Nats in Cleveland. Yeah. This is uh, 
This is like those situations in some some ballparks, at least a couple years back when fans were getting hit by, like fans in suites were getting hit by foul balls or whatever, that after that happened, they started putting up like glass, um, like glass paneling protection for the fans. This is like something you just don't think of having a plan B for, or like uh, what to do if all shit <laughs> hits the fan. And then when it does, you you take 25 30 minutes to try to figure out what to do i mean good on them for doing that for figuring it out but yeah that's just that that's that's crazy there, yeah there there's some there's some eagle scouts on that uh grounds team you gotta was, look at that knot it was that a was sweet looking knot maybe we'll tweet out the knot just to uh just to show just to show some love uh yeah weird weird stuff uh okay we'll go back to college baseball for this one too because stuff like this happens a lot and there's definitely weirder scenarios that come from it but we did have a pitch and i forget what what game was it do you remember what which game it was ray arizona state is was playing somebody in in what region i forget where they were okay um i know arizona state was hitting but there is a cross-up uh uh, cross up between pitcher and catcher and it's a fastball instead of a breaking ball and thankfully he missed his spot and did not throw it at the catcher that because that could result in i mean that's resulted in some nasty injuries even this year that's why roberto perez the indians catcher is out but so it you know it whizzes by the catcher's glove and it goes straight uh, it works out that i have a breast pocket <laughs> not sure. yeah. uh, it goes straight into the umpire's breast pocket like the umpire is you know down like that when you call the pitch and it goes straight into his pocket and just like sticks there <laughs> it, it was like it disappears like immediately like where the ball go <laughs> his pocket <laughs> it was incredible is that weirder or yachty's uh that th- that play with yachty a couple years back of the ball just sticking to his um, chest protector i think you mentioned that i think the fact like, that it's ev- stuck. everybody now is, everybody now is yeah the fact that it's stuck yeah because the ball can yeah ball can fit in there but, the but we that just talked about uh, now we, we just talked about pine tar yeah yachty could have just e- just easily had pine tar on there and just stuck to the pine tar or the pitcher could have had a lot of pine tar on there he could have easily <laughs> just, just gotten his pitcher ejected right there no, for having so much i think pine tar on i him. think there was definitely stuff on yachty's <laughs> chest protector that was sticky that's why it made it stick and everybody using that now to say that pitchers were always using this stuff it's like yeah we knew that it's like not, yeah, like people are having revelations. Like, oh, they've this always is a full circle weed. podcast. <laughs> it's all, yeah. it's all coming um, together. But like, yeah, the ball sticking to Yachty's chest protectors is actually incredible, iconic. But this is like a one. It's a one in a million shot. Uh, I mean, it's, I th- it's incredible. I think the, I think the, the one that the ASU game one was weirder and just that's that's something that. I don't know. You have to go back and watch the video. The reactions from all parties involved was such priceless, like confusion, joy, like what the heck just happened. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed that immensely. As did I. And, uh, you know, one last little strange nugget that we'll, we'll leave you with and, and we'll let this, this marinate for a bit. We'll let you think about this one and, and we'll see it come up again at some point. I'm pretty sure. But every, you know Max Muncie, right? Dodgers, Dodgers three true outcomes legend Max Muncie. Uh, he he is not the only Max Muncie 
in the baseball world anymore. There's a Max Muncie prospect. He's he is a fifty or fifty ish ranked top prospect in uh you know for for a draft for the upcoming draft. A draft prospect. That's that's what they're called. Um <laughs> at this time. And um and it's very bizarre because they are I believe two of two of the three Max Muncies in the entire United States are are both baseball players. But they they also share the same birthday, right? Eleven years apart. Yep, there's that too. Twenty fifth. Yep, it, it is. It is a weird, weird glitch that we are witnessing here. With how many people do you think? Uh, how many people do you think? Uh, how many non-baseball fans do you think celebrate? Uh, texted the non-Dodgers Max Muncy congratulations on winning the World Series. Um, just not paying attention to which Max Muncy was on the winning team. How many texts do you think the the Major League Max Muncy is gonna get when this prospect Max Muncy gets drafted eventually, the other way around? How, yeah, how confusing is Twitter gonna be? I'm I'm here for it. Why would you text someone the wrong thinking it was someone else? I, how would you have your number? <laughs> that's, shh, Rudy, that's 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 part that's part of the joke. I don't, I don't know why he's using texts. My my it's, thing it's is part, like that. It's like, part of the joke, Rudy. That just isn't. Yeah, my thing is like you have that aunt that's just not paying attention to anything like baseball wise or your what's going on in your life, and you just see in the news Max Muncy first like their numbers. I don't know. No, that's true. That's, that's, point. that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be the weird stuff segment if if that's can I, can I throw out a quick bonus weird stuff? What what you got for us? We didn't plan was that my uh, Jordan Montgomery had a stat line that never happened before. Also, what was it on uh, June fourth? He threw six and a third, six and a third. Which I just had to quickly ask because I want to know why we list six and a third is 6.1 makes absolutely no sense that's nonsense because it's not how math because math math is real hard for a lot of americans <laughs> so want... we don't want yeah. them to think too hard <laughs> how have we not discussed this <laughs> well, and, uh, next time <laughs> next time we'll have a very yeah. in-depth discussion about me, the flaws the fundamental flaws we, of stats. We talk about just like, yeah just general like baseball quirks like, the, the that should not be normal but uh, five hits, three runs, one earned run, two walks, six strikeouts. So first out of 1.1 million pitching lines since 1901 in regular postseason. And that is an extraordinarily average pitching line. That's probably the weirdest thing yeah. about it. Wow. It's like how LeBron has never had the stat known as LeBron, which is yeah. a 27-7-7. But that's what he averages, right? Yeah, so yeah exactly. Very yeah. weird. I, weird stats are the best, except when they're just stupid and don't make any sense, like the like the innings, um, or or like line. they cherry pick like the since, like yeah, like the yeah. I don't. Like I I saw this as well. Oh, a a Rockies like, no, that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> a Rockies broadcast did that recently. They had Mike, the only players since like twenty eleven to have like five different category thresholds of stats, and it's him and Mike Trout, like just giving giving charlie blackman <laughs> some love there you go there you have it all right that's it for today guys that was a good podcast i had, I had a lot of fun uh we'll be back next week i know we had had a little bit of a break farbode won't farbode hey have an awesome graduation my friend also you know, sorry about you. your sorry about your team, but I I imagine that hardly will dampen the mood for you. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna officially be educated. After, Finally, uh, after Saturday, Just finally, like the rest of us. 
and yeah. I'll actually be back in California. Who'd have thought? Let's go. Let's go. We're going to be back, though, the rest of us next week, and when we'll be back on it. Here on YouTube, if you're watching us with the video or any other, any other videos that we have, make sure you're subscribed there uh, if you aren't already. And uh, like I said earlier, follow us on social media if you want to uh, tell us what kinds of things you want us to talk about or if you just want to say hi at BeatTheShiftBP, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And yeah, is that it? I think that's it for today. Thanks, everybody. One last time. As always, forbode. Peace.